Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. Today we are going to be discussing faith and the title of today's podcast is Faith Without Works is Fake. So the message of the church today, which we have been talking about in previous podcasts, is that the church should be focused on preparedness, right? Not programs to keep people busy, not activities leading to nowhere, right? Followers of Jesus don't need to worry about the second coming either. Because if we're a true follower of Jesus, we're going to be raptured before then. We're going to meet him, Jesus, in the air. And we're going to reign with Christ. Amen. And it's important to keep those things in mind because today the system of the Antichrist is continuing to be set up and trialed. So for example, uh, the COVID vaccines, right? That is a trial to see our likelihood to submit, right? To be controlled. There's also talk of total trackable digital currency and some of that already exists, right? But getting rid of the cash dollar altogether, being able to track it completely. So these are just a couple things that are in the works. So again, more than ever do we need to be focused on preparedness. And if you are a servant of God, you ought to feel the urgency here. It's not an option, right? It's not, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, but it's it's a now situation. It's happening right now. And remember, Jesus says, go and make disciples. He also says, I am always with you. We've been talking about this on this podcast. So now more than ever, as we're making disciples, we need to stress these things. We need to stress the uh, seriousness of being focused, right? The seriousness of being prepared and the seriousness of being a serious servant of God. It's critical and the need is now. And we don't have to worry when we share these things. It doesn't matter if people say that we're crazy because Jesus says, I am always with you, right? He doesn't say, I will be with you in that moment. I will meet you in that moment. No, he's already with us when we're serving him. So we recently read in Acts that Peter was delivered by an angel. So Peter thought that he was seeing a vision, but he was in a real life scenario like we are in right now, right? You're in real life, I'm in real life. Peter thought he was hallucinating, perhaps dreaming that an angel came to see him when he was in jail. And oftentimes we dream and we want to credit the dream to just the dream to coincidence, right? When really we are taking action in the spirit. I've experienced that personally with dreams where I've had encounters with demons and I think it's just a dream. But then whenever I revisit it, I realize that that was happening in the spirit. It really happens. But I want to review Acts. Let's talk about Peter. I want to read in Acts chapter 12. I'm going to be reading verses 1 to 24 and it says, Now about the time Herod the king stretched out his hand. Again, we discussed this before, but he was persecuting the church. Right, So the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So we understood that John was beheaded. Right, So do not fear the one who can kill the body. But we want to fear the one who can kill 
the soul. It's important to take that away from here. So even though the king did such a thing to John, do not fear because when you serve the Lord, it's better to answer to him than to answer to man. We don't have to be fearful, right? Verse three, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, so the king saw when he beheaded John that the Jews were pleased, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. So again, we talked about this. The king was a, a people pleaser. Uh, now it was during the days of the unleavened bread. So this was Passover. Verse four, so when he had arrested him, Peter, the king put him in a prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So again, the king captured Peter, put him in jail, and then assigned. So the king captured Peter, put him in jail, and then assigned four sets of four guards to watch Peter. And that is a lot of men. But Peter was freed from prison. And we talked about this before. Verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. So again, God is going to move on our behalf. There is power in prayer, and what a powerful example. And when Herod was about to bring him out to kill Peter, the night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, verse 7, pay attention, now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison. So a light shone in the prison. It was an angel before Peter and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up and said, arise quickly. And Peter's chains just fell off of his hands, right? No one unlocked it. They just fell off. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. What a great example right? Followers, followers of Jesus. Peter was a disciple, a true follower of Jesus, benefiting from heaven. Amen. The church prayed. God heard it. God knows Peter because Peter serves him, right? And sent an angel on his behalf. Amen. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. So again, it was so miraculous. Peter was like, is this even real? In verse 10, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. So we talked about this. It opened automatically. Remember, there wasn't any technology to do that. It was opened by the power of God, right? And God promised, I am with you always, right? Here's an example of that promise. I am with you always. Today, there are many who are trying to open a door that's imprisoning them, but without the power of God, they will not succeed. They will not succeed. Amen. When you have God, miraculous things happen like iron gates without technology opening on its own accord. God can do that. God could do that quietly. Something that should make a lot of noise could be very quiet if God wants it to. Amen. But that's only if we're serving him. Continuing on, and they went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from him. Again, the angel was done, simple as that. He did his job, Peter was freed. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So why did the Lord help him? Why did the Lord help Peter? Because Peter loved the Lord and he followed the Lord's divine order. Peter was seeking opportunities. 
right? And Peter wasn't in trouble because he broke the law, right? He, and what I mean, he, he wasn't in trouble because he sinned is, is a better way to put that. He was in trouble for the sake of the Lord, right? He was spreading about Jesus in the gospel, right? And remember, the Bible says, he who loses his life for my sake shall find it, right? You shall find it and you shall save your life. That's Luke chapter 9, verse 24. And heaven backed Peter up. Isn't it such a wonderful thing that all authority on heaven and earth is in him, Jesus? Jesus has all authority. And that's why things like this happen today. And remember, Peter was just a man. He was not in the middle of right and wrong, but was a yes for God. So as a man, we can decide that, and it's possible for us to be yes for God. Peter displayed his deeds, right, spreading the gospel, his works in faith, and that pleased God, and God said Peter was righteous, right? God saw Peter and saw that he was righteous. So let's talk about faith. What is faith? I want to go to James chapter 2, and I'm going to be reading Faith Without Works is Dead. Starting in verse 14, what does a prophet, my brethren, if someone says he has faith and does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, and you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Verse 17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Amen. So I didn't say that. Jesus said that. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So James said this, only by your works will God know that you have faith in him. It's like a sandwich. It's only a sandwich as you have. You need the bread, you need the meat, you need the cheese, and then it's a sandwich, right? Likewise, you need to have faith or works or it doesn't prove anything to God. You need to have faith and works to prove to God. Verse 19, you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. And I want to encourage you to tell others that even the demons believe. There's so many today that credit the Bible as being written by man, so they don't want to follow it. They don't have faith in the words, but even the demons believe. Amen. Verse 20, but do you want to know, O foolish man, what faith without works is dead? Verse 20, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? So here's another example. In Abraham, he had to show his faith in God. And how did he do that? This verse just told us he offered his son Isaac. And this action, he took action. It's a work. And by this work, God saw the faith of Abraham. Amen? Verse 22. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? So Abraham's works. And by works, faith was made perfect. 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Amen. So God called Abraham his friend, and today the church is calling themselves friends of God. 
I think we sang in a podcast recently, there's a song and it says, I am a friend of God. I won't sing at all, but the church is actually singing that. So when you actually look at that song, it's a song praising the people rather than God, right? Are you sure God says you're a friend? Like, why are you singing that? Praise the Lord. So again, going to church does not make you a friend of God. I think that's something really important that this world needs to know. Just because I go to church doesn't mean that I'm a friend of God. The work that you do will make you a friend of God. And we have just learned that through this passage. And again, remember the demons and the witches go to church. Right? And even they do not manifest the works of God. Yet they're in church. They're in church. So again, going to church will not save you. God is looking at your works. Amen? 25. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Amen. Works. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So without the spirit, we die. Faith without works is dead. Amen. Works is the spirit of faith. Are you with me? We cannot be righteous if we do not work for God. The righteous shall live by faith. I shall live by faith. You shall live by faith. Amen. I want to read in Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 16. And this is discussing the just live by faith. Verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. So I ask you, are you ashamed? Jesus says, if you are ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you. That could be found in Luke chapter 9, verse 26. But faith is not just in the mind. Today, people are using faith like selfish faith. Say, like they're just thinking about faith. So like, for example, I have faith that I will have a good job. I have faith that I won't lose my job. I have faith that God will give me a better car. I have faith that God will give me a better house. I have faith that I'm going to bonus. I have faith that I can pay my bills. I have faith that I will have nice friends. And this removes the works, right? It's selfish. What are the works to those statements? There are none. These are workless faith statements. This is unrighteous. This is unrighteous. Where is the faith to serve God like Peter and Paul? For the sake of Jesus and the gospel, according to James, faith without works is dead. All of those statements, dead. Those selfish statements, it kills you. It's dead. And today the church is full of zombies. What do I mean by this? They're dead. They're dead, forever learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth, not understanding these things. The righteous shall live the servant life and God's hands will be upon his servants. Amen. So remember, God knew Peter would end up in jail because God knows everything. Even before Peter would end up in jail, God knew he was going to end up in jail. And he had a plan to deliver him from the jail, to unbound him, right? To free him, to open the doors and to lead him out of jail. Heaven backs you up from the beginning, but you have to make a choice. Amen. And in Psalms chapter 37, I'm going to read verse 23. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his ways. 
The world today wants to isolate this verse and say, that's for me, and it's not. This only applies when you serve the Lord. It's not for everyone. You must serve the Lord. So when it says the steps of a good man, right, when the good man is aligned with the Lord, right, and you can deep dive that through your concordance of the Hebrew word, right, we want to be aligned with the Lord, what this means is that we willingly walk and assure that our life is in alignment with the word of God. Otherwise, we would not be a good man or woman. If we don't go to church, how can you align with your lives? So again, don't be confused. Going to church will not save you, but also do not forsake the assembly of God. God says that. And I'll add this. Today, I hear family, friends, strangers, they say things like, I believe in God, but I don't go to church or read the Bible. Yet they still believe that they are saved, and that doesn't make sense, because we must be aligned with the Lord. How can you align your steps without doing what he says or knowing what he says? There's action. There's action, right? And God is not a respecter of person, right? The, the word is available today. So believing in God, just simply believing that the Lord exists is not going to save you. The Bible was clear. Peter ensured his life was aligned with God. He was doing the work of God. He was making disciples, spreading the gospel. He was risking his life for the sake of the Lord. He wound up in jail and the Lord moved on his behalf. God will send angels to us today too when we are good in the eyes of God of the Lord when we are aligned and God and when I say good I don't mean nice right good does not mean nice a good man is a man of integrity a man who walks right with God continuing in Psalms it says though this is verse 24 uh, chapter 37 though he fall he shall not be utterly cast down for the lord upholds him with his hand so god will raise you up i have been young and now i am old yet i have not seen the righteous forsaken so not in an entire lifetime has the righteous been forsaken nor his descendants begging bread if you want to serve the Lord, your children are going to be blessed. They're not going to be beggars. They're going to be prosperous, right? They're going to have the provisions of God. We've been talking about laborers being worthy of their wages and the divine right that comes with serving God. When you serve God, yes, you will be blessed, but also your children will be blessed. Amen? So I encourage you to be encouraged. What kind of works do you have that show your faith? Right? Because faith without works is dead. What kind of works do you have? And it's okay if you can't think of any because now you know. Now you can change. There is still time for you to repent and to turn to the Lord. To begin moving forward, seeking out those opportunities, spreading the gospel, risking your life for the sake of Jesus. Pray to God. Pray to God. Move forward and pray that God reveals his plan for you. Amen? The Lord shared these things for a reason. He wants you to be aware of it. Amen? And be encouraged. We serve such a good God who loves us so much, who is with us. Who is with us. Amen. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.